another beautiful day here with the Favela Real Stories Real Life Podcast, where we find a deeper connection through sharing our stories. If you like this episode, or even if you don't, like, share, comment, subscribe, all the above. Remember, you can find us at favelastories.com. That's F like Fox, A-B-E-L-L-A stories.com. Or on Facebook at facebook.com slash favelastories. We are always on the lookout for genuine, heartfelt stories. So if you want to connect and find healing through sharing your story, go to fabellastories.com slash share dash a dash story or email us at info at fabellastories.com. In this episode, I speak with Jerem about him getting into drugs at the tender age of 11 and then his journey of how he got out of that and then where he is today. Okay, well, then I'll just jump in. Um, when, I guess when I was, it started when I was about 11. Mm-hmm. Um, I just started hanging out with uh, with buddies that, that smoked and got into those kind of things. And so... Where did you live started, at the time? Oh, this was South Carolina. Okay. Yeah. So, so I was in South Carolina and I didn't have, I didn't have many friends around mm-hmm. uh, that that didn't do these kinds of things like right. everybody in my neighborhood. Um, so even other so, 11 year olds or were they all older? Yeah. Nope. Nope. They were, they were my same age. Wow. And, uh, so big group of us, we were, we were 11 or 12, just mm-hmm. this group. And, uh, and we started smoking together and then let's see. So that was when I was 11, when I was 12, I started doing uh, pot, started smoking pot. Wow. And by the time I was 15, I was into LSD, so that's acid, and then mm-hmm. ecstasy, and a variety of other things. And it's, I don't know, it's not something that we think a 15-year-old could could get regularly right. and right. be involved in the, you know. Well, I think I about mean, my 12-year-old, 12-year-old pop, now. You know, like, well, uh, like you how know, would, I can't even imagine, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. So were you, did you grow up in the church? Uh my parents, yes, uh, were, were LDS, and okay. I was born and raised that way. Okay. And I just, I don't know, I just wasn't feeling it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and did so, your parents, did they know what was uh, going they, on? They or? knew something. Yeah. They didn't know what was mm-hmm. going on exactly, but they right. knew that something was going on. And, mm-hmm. um, and... But it's it's difficult as a parent when you have a child that is normally naturally very sneaky. Oh, you know? I'm sure. And so so yeah, because they can I, get away with all sorts of things <laughs> if they want to. Right. Yeah, my my 12 year old today is a fantastic kid, and I can catch him at just about anything that he does. <laughs> he just does not have the sneaky bone inside, you know. Right. Right. He can't and, hide uh, anything. Yeah, and you know the worst things he really tries to hide are he goes over to his friend's house without his parents there, or he got extra candy that he hides under his pillow. You know, what I mean. Right. So I'm not horribly worried about the things that that he's trying to get by, but uh, for for well, some. Well, you also friends, understand sneaky. More, you know, yeah, I do. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> and, and so, so I I do know what to look for. I naturally my brain kind of goes that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. So, needless to say, it made me struggle in school. Like, of course, the school system wasn't quite for me anyway, you know. Right. I think there's about a third of us out there that, that 
the way the school system is set up, public schools, it, it works really well for them. They right. they excel. They enjoy the structure. That you know, that my mm-hmm. wife is one of those, and and uh, she she appreciates it when I don't bag on the school system. Right. Because she <laughs> because she, she probably really loved it. Me. Yeah, she she had a great time. She felt like it was an awesome learning experience for her, and she wants it to be that way for her kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and you know, I I see some of it being good for my kids and some not, but it wasn't. It wasn't good for me, and as a matter of fact, I feel like it was the way the system was set up that drove me out a little bit uh, mm. to other things, you know, and the way my parents handled me mm-hmm. also caused me to, to look elsewhere for for a community feeling, a sense of belonging, you know, somewhere right. where I could fit in, uh, where I was appreciated for me, and I was I was kind of an odd duck, you know, kind of a, mm-hmm. a different sort of a person, and uh and so, by the end of high school, I had a 2.1 GPA because I just did not care. Right. Um, I didn't do homework in high school, period, mm-hmm. ever. Not once. Mm-hmm. Over ninth to 12th grade, so four years. And, uh, but I was, I was still reasonably intelligent, you know, and so mm-hmm. was able to, to pass a lot of things. But in the end, um, I remember my mom asking me one day, because I, I went to early morning seminary, and so I'd get up at 4.45 every morning. Um, and, of course, yeah, I didn't, I never slept well. I had too many drugs in my system to sleep well. Hmm. And uh, and so I'd, I'd go to bed at, like, 2 and get up at 4.45, and I'd sleep through class. And and uh, But my mom, one day, she on the way to school, she says, what would you do if you weren't in school, you know? Like, if you dropped out, what would you do? And I said, well, I would obviously get a job. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> I got to go do something. And uh, and she says, well, if, if that's really what you would do, let's go drop you out. And I, I thought that I was hearing things. I was like, there's right. no way. <laughs> right. this, this is like, <laughs> what am I on right now? No. <laughs> in my lap. Right, exactly. You know, I mean, something's going on, you know. <laughs> and... Uh, and so, but she was serious, and mm-hmm. because I was serious, you know, and so we we went into the school that morning and dropped me out, just almost. I don't want to say on right him. I know she'd been thinking about it, but it was it was a very sudden move, you know. So do you think she yeah. could just tell that it was just not a good place for you at that time? She or? could tell. Yeah, she could tell, and uh, I, I don't believe that she talked to my dad about it beforehand. But he, <laughs> he did seem surprised, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I immediately started looking for work. And, you know, within a week or two, I had a job just working nights at a grocery store, but I had a job. So did that, um, I'm curious if that made you feel more hopeful about your future in any way? Well, um, yes, I felt more free, Mm -hmm. but I still didn't have any desire to, you know, to to change my life and move it in a direction where... Where I, you know, where I could just be more progressive and forward moving and things like that. Uh-huh. I just, I just finally felt like I was getting out under the thumb of whatever, which is kind of a very important principle because it, it seems like every time I, I feel like I'm a, not succeeding as a parent, you know, these days, mm-hmm. I take a step back and and I ask myself a lot of questions about what I'm doing, and it, and it's almost like the answer every time comes back, well, stop doing what you know is wrong. Right. Or or what you clear think your head. Right. Or yeah. something what you think everyone else wants you to do. Yeah, yeah. And so so the first answer almost always is just stop what you're doing now mm-hmm. and, and when you you get a space to breathe and take a look at it from a new perspective, then I then you'll get the next piece, you know. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's that's kinda uh kind of the same thing. So kind of find um, your freedom and then move forward. 
Is that kind yes. of what you're okay? Yeah, it, it's it's yeah, it's a very very similar because um, there's I don't know I guess there's a set of principles that that govern how everything works, life, the universe, whatever you want to right. call it, um, and and they fit in every circumstance. I was telling uh, a group last night. I run a sword fighting group once a week now, mm-hmm. and uh, and there's so many opportunities when you're. I don't know, locked in a big struggle. <laughs> yeah. Even if it's just a game and it's made up, but uh, everything's a microcosm, so everything can teach a lesson uh, for a greater scale. And so that's that's kind of what I needed at that point was to feel like I can make my own decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, I can I can choose where I'm going to be, and that's going to be respected. And what I choose is just how it is. Mm-hmm. And so I, I got to live in that for a while, and and for for a long time, I chose. Uh, I say a long time. This is so when I when I dropped out of school, I was 17. I was actually just barely started my senior year, mm-hmm. and everybody was shocked. They're like, "Oh my gosh, you're a senior! Why would you do that?" And it's like, "Why would I not? I'm going to get a chance to right. get out." You know. <laughs> and that uh, and, and maybe there was no other option. School. Sounds like like that was right, yeah. I mean, when my mom said that you can do this, that was like, "There's no way I'm not." Like, mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, it did help that when we talked to my principal that morning, the principal of my high school, um, he said, you know what, I don't tell many people this. He says, there's really only a few options. You can go to the school for the kids that are having trouble. And I was like, yeah, not a chance. <laughs> and he's like, right. yeah, I knew you wouldn't want to. He's like, I don't even want you to go there. It's, it's, mm-hmm. not, it's not for most people. And he says, or you can struggle in high school. Or if you drop out and get a GED, He's like, a good score on a GED is actually better than a diploma. I said, you're right. kidding me. <laughs> said, no, so why terrible. did I spend all this time? Right? <laughs> what a waste. Anyway, and so so I dropped out, and I, I immediately, like I said, I got a job. I signed up for the GED. I, I went and got the GED. and uh, Within and how did long well. did you do? Did you take uh, that? It was, it was within a month. It was pretty oh, wow. quick. Okay. Yeah, I mean. It's it's not that I was I was lazy. It's that the work I was being presented with, like through school and through the normal structure of my life, was not anything that I wanted to do. Right. If you don't and care, so, you're not going to yeah. apply yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's like why even I just I felt like for me it was all a waste. And so why mm. put more into that because I, I was going to get nothing out of it. That makes and sense. And I'm still to this day not really a supporter of of the school system mm-hmm. in almost any way, shape, or form. Right. Um, Which makes sense that's, coming from your yeah, experience. And exactly. And that's the important part to remember is, is for me and for people that are at least, you know, reasonably similar to me, I don't think it's the right thing. Um, right. My oldest son, who's 12, who's the not sneaky one, mm-hmm. he actually uh, really enjoys school. And it's almost right. completely social for him, but he likes it. Right. And so, do you think why, I don't? I wouldn't take him out if you, you know. <laughs> right. The reason taking out. So, do you think for you, uh, it would have been better if you just had not gone to school or done anything like academic? Would that have been better, or would it not? Something, something very different. Um, because what uh, what I find myself doing in my life today is is switching and, and trying experiences. Okay. And so when I when I tell people kind of the repertoire of things that I've done in my life, um, professionally or just as hobbies and things like that, people are really surprised. Like, wow, that's very diverse. You've done right. so many different things, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's because I enjoy getting myself into a new situation. Let me learn this this right. skill or this this thinking or something. And then do you and, uh, like do it for a while and then stop and never do it again? Yeah. 
Um, I sometimes I'll get back into it, but it kind of depends, you mm-hmm. know. I uh, I ran an emotional healing practice uh, for a while and did oh. did energy work, and that changed my life in a big oh, way. Oh, I'm sure. And I loved it. And then one day I remember waking up and going, I need a new direction, you know. And uh, and so I'm grateful for the changes that that were caused in my life by mm-hmm. being involved with that. But I needed something new. So That's I, funny. I'm I a lot the same. And, yeah, yeah. See, you know, it's a, how'd you do in school? I did fine, actually. I did really well in oh, school, but I was be. I was homeschooled for most of the time growing up. So you know, maybe if I had been in school, actually, when I was in it was my sophomore year in high school, and I had actually started going full time for one semester. And by the end of that semester, I was like, yeah, I'm wasting my time here. I mean, I did fine, but I imagine yeah. you know, if I had gone through. Up until high school, maybe I would have felt differently. I don't know. See, yeah, and that's very interesting because I, I don't know how I would have done with homeschool. I've never been close enough to homeschool to, to see. And, of course, mm-hmm. it can go differently because different parents right. and different children. You right. know? My mom um, was very much, you're on your own, kind of figure it out, and I did. I, I, I would have walked away. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you're on your own. Great. All right. I'm out of here. <laughs> see you <yeah>. later. <laughs> so. That's uh, that's how I would have handled that, and so at least that approach for me. Uh, that's why my wife did well in school, right? Um, because she was very self-driven, and and she wanted uh, the benefits that she was going to get from that, and so right. and she could see so the vision too, way. probably. She yes, she did, um, and I didn't. People tried to show me the vision. I just wanted to see what I wanted to see. Right. Uh, you'll never teach somebody something they don't want to learn. It oh, just won't so happen. True. Which is right. exactly, and that's one of the big things about school is that they have this set curriculum and this is what we're going to learn and and there's not a lot of flexibility it's hard to have flexibility in a, in a oh situation it is like it is that. they do the best so, they I mean, can I, with what they've yeah got. I, I feel like this is a great time to kind of point out that i love the teachers you know i, mm-hmm. I have teachers from high school and, and from you know years previous that really impressed me and changed my life as a matter of fact uh like i said earlier i grew up in south carolina Whenever I go visit South Carolina, I always call my old German teacher from high school, and mm-hmm. we go out and have lunch That's every cool. time I, I come home. You know, mm-hmm. I, I love that man, and he loves me. And and uh, I did not do well in his class, and <laughs> you know, we we sometimes had struggles. But he was the kind of guy that just kind of looked deeper and understood this this kid's having a hard time for whatever reason, and mm-hmm. I really would love to help him. Hmm. And, and and maybe it's not through school. Was, yeah. Yeah, and uh, and we weren't allowed, of course, you know, when I was in his class, to have any any interactions outside of school, really. Right. Um, just the teacher-student relationship. Um, but but I could feel his love, and so even like I said, even today, you know, I go back and visit uh, my parents back in South Carolina, and I call up my old German teacher, uh, Mr. Hope, actually is his mm-hmm. name. That's and, cool. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> And and we go out and have lunch, and we have, we have a great lunch, and it's always a great experience. And and then we part ways for another few years until I yeah. come back in town, you mm-hmm. know. And so uh, the the impact that teachers can make is still huge, you know. Right. Even if they're dealing with with students, um, that it's it's not their thing. It's it's, it's so right. hard for them. They're, they're causing problems in your class, and you know the, those kids, uh, you can still make a huge impact in their lives. And so, just just thought it was a great time then. To point that out, yeah. Um, but but anyway, through school, like I said, I, I got to the point where I dropped out. By the time I dropped out, I had a 2.1 uh, GPA, which I don't even know what grade that is equivalent to, but it's not very good. 
Yeah, um, I don't know, a DC. No, probably a DC. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, I think I looked it up once, and that was years ago, and I don't care. All I know is that when you say 2.1, people are always like, oh, wow, that's right. what are you doing, you know? Well, nothing. nothing. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it's great, you know? And so, so anyway, but I, I, did, I did find a job. I did. Uh, I moved out fairly shortly after that. I bought, I bought my own car, then I moved out. And, uh, and I just got myself into trouble. Uh, I, I realized that now that I'm not living in my parents' house, I, I really do have freedom and I really can make whatever choices I want. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, very interesting thing because I always felt like I, I had to had to not be controlled by my father. Right? This is like the theme of my growing up years mm-hmm. is that my dad wanted something specific ways and, and I just needed to not be controlled by him. Mm-hmm. And so the, the fascinating aspect here that I didn't realize until I was in my 20s was that I would take what he said, and then I would do the opposite. Oh, yeah. And so I, I was, have some of I that, was, too. <laughs> not right? you not know? that I ever did it, but I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad, I'm glad that you didn't do it. Because the reason why that doesn't work is because I was still evaluating my dad's position, figuring he, out he what was he still was controlling standing, you. Exactly, and then I would just choose the opposite. And right. So he was still control, you know, and so it was just from a perspective that was good for neither one of us. Right. <laughs> so, right. And uh, and so it's a fascinating thing. Anytime, and this is this is classic. Um, you can always identify within your own head or heart what belief that you hold that is completely false and not going to work for you. Because the net effect of that is going to be exactly opposite of what you want to get out of it. I wanted freedom. I wanted to not be controlled by my dad. And it took years and years before I figured out I am 100% controlled by my father, just opposite of what I Just by fighting him. Exactly. Even who you're fighting, they're controlling you because you're fighting them. That is exactly right. Yeah, Yeah. you nailed it. Um, And so neutrality, at least, is is something that, that in my life in the last 10 years or so has has been a great benefit to me just to be able to take a step back and not so emotionally reactive. Just look at something and say, all right, what are the, what are the pros, what are the cons? And not have a position, not decide on a position before I know how I want that to go in my life. You know? Right. <laughs> Too many times we make judgment calls and then we move forward based on some previous experience that we've had, you know, whether it's good or bad. Right. And we don't actually evaluate the situations for what they're worth. Right. right. Well, and we, we act according to what we don't want instead of what we do want a lot exactly. of times, too. Yes. That, yeah. that is very, very true. And we don't even realize it in some right. situations, you know. So anyway, so I was, I was out of my parents' house and, and got myself in a situation where I was doing more drugs and having more problems and became a drug dealer for a little while. Wow. And that 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 opened up my eyes in a certain way. I remember going to a big group of my friends and said, "Hey guys, I'm you know, I'm, I'm your new guy on the block now, and and you can get your stuff from me." And I remember everybody was so excited except for one guy, and I still remember this guy for this reason. I didn't even really feel like we were all that close, mm-hmm. um, but apparently he had some kind of love and respect for. For his fellow man in general, or just for me, I don't know. But mm-hmm. he stopped and he says, "Jerem, don't do it. Just mm-hmm. don't do it." He's like, "You got too much going on. You, know, you you can go too far. Like, don't do this." Mm-hmm. And uh, 
And it, it just that impacted me. And so it was it was after a month with this guy's words still ringing in my head constantly. I said, you know what? I'm not going to do it. And then I went back to all my friends. I said, you know what? I'm getting out. <laughs> I, I did it for a month. I paid my rent. I did all this. You know, I, I made the money that I, you know, and now I'm good. I got a new job and we're okay, you know, and, and so I'm going to quit. And I remember nobody really worried about that. They're like, all right, that's cool, you know, no big hmm. deal. And and uh, so I'm grateful I didn't lose any friends over that. But it, it's it's the impact of the one, you know. Mm-hmm. That, that and just one 30-second conversation yeah it really it really was like 30 seconds it was so short you know mm-hmm. and uh his name's james he's a nice guy it sounds and, like uh, it was maybe because what he said was completely out of love and concern for you yes because because he was a drug user you know he mm-hmm. was one of the guys that i was going to sell to and as a matter of fact once i said you know what, i'm totally going to do this and he says all right man i just i just wanted you to know that and he's like i'm i'm so happy to buy from you i just want to tell you that you know Mm-hmm. And uh, and so and he did, you know. I I'd show up at his house and he'd buy something from me, and and uh, and that was that. But but uh, but he expressed that, and that made a difference. And so, like I said, it was one month later when I quit, and it was it was his his words and his love that were that were constantly in my head and my heart over that whole month, and and then that gave me what I needed to to at least jump out of that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that was that was kind of fun, and then. Let's see. So just just to continue on to the next step of my development was was I always felt like I had a purpose, you know, mm-hmm. and I always it's almost I don't know it's almost in this youthful maybe it's a maybe it's a male perspective I felt invincible like I just knew that there was something on this earth that I had to do and until I accomplished that it's like nothing could happen nothing to can me. hurt me. <laughs> yeah, and, and huh. it's like, you know, God is going to keep me alive because I have this special work to do, you know, uh, mm-hmm. which which I, you know, I completely agree that, that people are sent here for reasons. I, I you know, that's mm-hmm. my belief that, that we're sent here for a reason. And uh, but I remember waking up one day and that feeling was gone mm-hmm. and it shook me so hard. Like all of a sudden it's like I used to have something to do. I used to have a reason why God would want me on this planet. And now if I died today, I'd get back home and I almost feel like he'd shake his head at me and hmm. say, well, you're back, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, and I, I don't, I don't know that God would ever do it that way. Um, right. but, but that's how I felt. Hmm. And I, I just remember looking around and going, all right, where am I at really? And, hmm. you know, I said, all right, my, my two pathways in life now are jail or dead. Hmm. And that's all I've got left if I keep going the way I'm going. It might take a while to work out that way, but if I, that is what's going to happen. There's no alternate course. And um, it was the, that, that feeling yeah. went away that you started evaluating it. That's exactly, pretty yes. much the only thing, huh? Yeah. So I was, I was shaken and, and so I needed, I needed something something different, something to happen in my life that was not what I was choosing at the moment. And so I remember looking around and saying, all right, what, what are my options? How could I do this? Um, you know, I've got this huge group of friends that we all do these things together. You know, we're all druggies. We all party. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, I, and I know as much as they love me, um, you know, some of them, mm-hmm. uh, that it would just be nearly impossible for me to quit when that's what my friends do. Like, I'd have to find right. a whole new set of friends. I'd have to ignore all the friends that I had. And, and I just remember thinking, I just, I can't, I 
can't do it. Mm. There's no way that that I will survive. Like, you know, because after, after three weeks or a month or whatever, and I'm trying to avoid all these people, I'm, I'm just going to be like, I want some friends. I am so right. social. People are so important to me. You know, like I, I just really, really, really love people, you know, mm-hmm. and that's how I function. I just got to be around people. Um, and that fuels me. I'm, I'm an extrovert in a big way, you know, and, and uh, just, just got to be around people. And so I remember thinking, I just I have to make a big change. I have to make a big change. And so I called my grandparents uh, who lived in actually the very same house I'm living in now. They, hmm. they sold it, and now I, it's, uh, I'm renting it from the people who bought it uh, like hmm. eight years ago. Um, but that's, that's not important at all. <laughs> but <laughs> they cool lived though. in Orem, Utah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Kind of neat, just a little sideline. Um, but they lived in Orem, and, and so I said, I am going to see if they will take me in. I'm going to move all the way across the country. It's about 2,000 miles mm-hmm. from where uh, I was living at the time in South Carolina. So I called them, and I said, this is my situation. I am doing drugs. I'm having problems. And can I come into your house, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so they said, well, uh, let, us, let us talk about it and, uh, and pray about it, and we'll get back to you. My grandparents are very, very devout religious people. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they called me back the next day, and they said, yeah, we feel like that is a good thing. And I left within the week. Hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't even own a car. Mm-hmm. And my my dad, it's it's really funny because my dad, all growing up, was just really careful with his money. You know, he he was always budgeting. He was always careful. Uh, but I, you know, that's what you do when he, he worked a profession where he made a difference in people's lives, but it didn't pay a lot. Right. Um, and so so he didn't have lots of money. You know, I I never, I mean. He just didn't buy us stuff. Right. I, I remember there were years when he was thinking about, you know, having us buy our own school clothes and things like that. And, mm-hmm. and uh, he says, you're old enough to get a job and to, to have that kind of stuff for yourself. And I, I don't need to do that for you, which I don't think is a bad thing. At the time, mm-hmm. it, it felt pretty terrible. I <laughs> thought he was an awful person. <laughs> so, no, you're supposed to help me with these things. Anyway, but... um. I, I encourage my my children as well to you know to save them. If you want something, uh, I I can help you, but I'm mostly going to help you by providing opportunities for you to earn the money. Mm-hmm. And that's that's how I feel. I think that's fine. But but no. So he he actually bought me a car. It was it was only twelve hundred dollars, but still that was twelve hundred dollars more yeah. than he pretty much used on me. You know, for for anything that I didn't need prior to that. I guess he saw that as a need though. And, yeah. And. Uh, but I just remember that impacted me a lot, that my dad would, would spend that money on me, where previously the largest amount of money that I think he spent on me was 130 bucks uh, for a bike, and I mm-hmm. had saved the other half. You know, he kind of made me a deal. He says, if you save half, I'll give you half, and then, mm-hmm. and then you can have that. But, but yeah, so that was, that was kind of a big deal. It's almost 10 times what he'd, what he'd ever spent on me before. And so I had that car. I packed whatever I could fit in this little tiny Honda Accord, mm-hmm. and... Uh, and then I drove across the country, and you know, as I'm driving across the country, and I'm you know smoking and, and stuff in my car on the way over, and I remember thinking, I don't I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, how do I expect this to work? You know, mm-hmm. I'm gonna get out there, I'm gonna find a, a similar group of friends, and then, and then I'm just gonna give my grandparents a hard time, and something's really got to work. So I had I had kind of a I don't know. 
Uh, I don't want to say a come to Jesus moment because <laughs> he'd been on my mind for for quite a long time as right. far as you know when I woke up that morning and realized I had no more no more purpose in life basically mm-hmm. um, you know the the one thing on my mind was kind of an eternal perspective of what happens now you know hmm. what what's what's my future going to look like from mm-hmm. from the spiritual perspective and I didn't like what I was seeing and so I was driving across the country and I was going to be driving through Colorado and there's a town in Colorado called Glenwood Springs and I love that place and I had visited there with my brother um, four years prior to that and he served his mission uh, an LDS two-year service mission in Colorado mm-hmm. and and he and I had visited out there together just to visit some of the people that he had known. And uh, and there was a family that we stayed with that, that actually weren't uh, weren't members of, of our church, uh, but that had made an impression on him. And, and I remember we went into this apartment complex, and there was a picture of Christ up in the window. And I said, hey, is that your old missionary apartment? And he says, yeah, that's that's where the missionaries are. And they were in the same apartment complex as this family we stayed with. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and so as, as I was driving through Colorado by myself, just knowing that I, what I was trying, I just didn't have the strength for. Mm. Um, I, I went into Glenwood Springs because I knew there would be a missionary apartment there. And I, I, I went into the apartment complex and I looked out of that window and there was no picture of Christ. And they said, dang it, they've moved, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now what am I going to do, you know. And so... I remember just, just thinking, well, maybe they're still here somewhere. And so I started walking around the apartment complex, and sure enough, in a different building on a different side, there there was a picture of Christ up in the window, and I went, bingo. <laughs> so glad, you know, that I, that I decided to look. And uh, and and that's, that's, again, something important. If you're going to let little setbacks stop you, then you're just going to be stopped wherever you go. But mm-hmm. um, if you'll just keep trying, sometimes it's just the next corner you know, mm-hmm. that is the thing you're looking for. Join us next week for the conclusion of this story. To all our listeners, remember to like, share, comment, subscribe, but especially share your story with us. Together we can heal the world one story at a time.